Welcome to his bigot in business. Uh, my name is Danny Ortiz. This is Manny Larcher. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Manny. How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you. How's How's your weekend? I had an incredible weekend. How was your weekend, brother? It was uh, It was a uh, It was a humbling, blessed weekend. I can't Can't complain. I love it. I love it, man. You had a, uh, You got a new car. So I did. I joined the Honda family. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I don't have many nice things to say about the uh, the family that I'm leaving, so I won't I won't uh, talk about them. But you know, my yeah, car we want endorsements. We want endorsements. <laughs> we endorse all brands. Um, you know, but my car, uh, the car that I had had one of the biggest recalls going on, um, and my transmission went out. So some people could kind of figure it out, but. Honda, you know, they, they embraced me with, with open arms. So I, I drove off a, a dealership with a car that had 17 miles and 2020 Civic. So it was a good weekend. I, good weekend. I love that. Well, we have on the phone, uh, before we continue, uh, we have plugged into the podcast on the phone. We have Yara. And so Manny Larch, if you want to do the introduction to our friend and uh, get a female perspective on all this will be incredible so go ahead manny yeah definitely um appreciate you danny and uh, you know yara i'm gonna let you introduce yourself you know but yara oh. um <laughs> yara i want yara to join us she's uh doing some amazing stuff um so yara tell tell uh, the world a little bit about about you and where you're okay. from and, and what you're working on yeah all right. Hi, everybody. My name is Yaira Tamaklu, but Yaira is just fine. And um, I am originally from Ghana, so proud immigrant. Um, I'm in Kent, Ohio, graduated from Kent State University. And uh, basically, my whole life revolves around a few things, art, activism, and um, academia. So I uh, just always think that storytelling is very important but storytelling with facts is even better um currently i'm working on a project called the power project and it stemmed out of the need to recognize that you can never ever holistically empower someone to be their full self if you separate them from their culture and even even worse people cannot truly be empathetic when they don't understand the why of other people so we are using culture as a way to promote um, cultural literacy, as well as cross-cultural education to help especially um, elevate people of color and also create that empathy with understanding the why, especially for cultures that have been sidelined a lot. And it usually happens to be indigenous cultures of which black cultures formulate a big part of. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, Yara. Uh, I know you and I have talked. What's the difference between the, uh, you coming from Ghana and coming here to America and understanding that there is a culture war here too? What is some of the difference that you see as you're coming into this country and as you're coming into the culture wars here, as you're knowing that there is a culture war here? What's the difference between both places? 
So one of the biggest differences is obvious skin color. Because when people think of the continent of Africa, or let's say, let's talk for Ghana specifically, people assume that, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's just black people there. And predominantly it's black people, but the diversity there is still pretty huge. However, in the U.S., the diversity, it's almost obvious. Like skin color is such a determining factor over here that when you see someone or even not just skin color, sometimes even appearance, we make assumptions based off of that. And sometimes they are validated. So when you see a black person, you know, it's a black person. Unless, you know, sometimes it's a little difficult to tell because we have some brothers and sisters who are very light. But when you see a black person, usually, you know, when you meet an Asian, you know, so the diversity usually is right up in your face. And so you're able to a lot more identify. However, I will also go on and say that on the continent or in Ghana, we are also used to some other differences, some features that when you spot, you're usually able to tell, but not all the time. So between the U.S. and Ghana, one of the biggest indicators is skin color. That's one of the biggest indicators. Wow. And then I know I know you and I have had conversations, even in, in Ghana, the language, right? Uh, sometimes, depending on what, because I, I want to call you Ami. <laughs> yes. But nobody knows what that is. <laughs> so, uh, but you was explaining that to me, like even, even, even in your name, uh, even some names are different de depending where you're from and what you're from. So uh, even though you may be the same skin tone, same skin color in Ghana, uh, just just even by your name can can uh, hold a differences, right, between, between you guys. Yes, yes. And those stem from what ethnicities you belong to. So, yes, now you put my business out there, Danny, so we're going to do this. Uh, <laughs> Ami, <laughs> Ami is my middle name. Ami is the name I was given. It's the very first name I got when I was born because it's the name given to people born on Saturdays in my ethnic group. I'm an Eve. I'm an Anglo Eve. And even with that one, with the Eves, we have different kinds of Eves, but I'm an Anglo Eve woman. So I was born on a Saturday and the name's given to girls born on Saturday. My ethnic group is Ami. If you go to the Akan-speaking ethnic group, so your um, Ashantis or your Ikriapums, they also, on Saturday, they'll name their kid Amma. So on Saturday, the girl is called Amma. The guy is called Kwame. And sometimes the names are similar because in Eve, you, they can still call the boy Kwame or Koni. So your day name is a name that you're by default given. You have it as soon as you slip out of the womb because it's the day you were born. So that's the first name you have until they actually name you in the community. So it differs according to ethnic group. Wow. See, I, I, I didn't mean to put your business out there. Sorry, man. I didn't mean to put but I, I, I just love that story, Manny, so much. Um, because I learned my name is Yao. What, Yao? No, Yao. you can have Thursday. my name. It's Yao. 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 Because it's Thursday. So, Manny, go ahead. I'll cut you off, Manny. But I love that, Yara, because it, I learned some stuff about my, my name because I didn't have a middle name. Now I do. Yao. <laughs> I blessed him with a middle name. <laughs> yeah. How do you figure out what your, what your, What's your middle name is? Oh, I guess this we'll, the day we'll the day it. you were born. So, like, do you know the day you were born? Yeah, the twenty seventh, or like specific, like that weekday. Twenty seventh of what? October. Okay, so, we kind of need the year. Oh, nineteen eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight. 
<laughs> we need it all, man. We need it all on this podcast. 1988. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't need you. So, <laughs> um, what day? Okay, let's see what day. I think it was a Tuesday, but I could be wrong. All right, let's see. It is. It was a Thursday, 27 October 1988. Yeah, yeah you both have the same day, middle name. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yo. 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 Yes. Yo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> Um, so wait, yeah, you were funny. born in Ghana. Mm-hmm. What age did you come to America? 17. 17. And like, so how was that? Like how much, like, how was that? Cause you know, I was raised, you know, I lived in the Caribbean from five to 11, came here, you know, at 12. So how, what was that like? Man, I mean, it was, okay, let's, let's give some perspective. Imagine coming from a predominantly black place into Vancouver, Washington. <laughs> yeah so i moved from ghana to vancouver washington and it was interesting um assimilation wasn't too crazy but there really ain't a lot of black people up in vancouver washington for sure i'll tell you that (laughs) definitely okay that's good (laughs) but but people are actually very nice out there it's the pacific northwest everyone is nice and so um, there was that. But I think what really made it hard for me was the fact that, and mothers, please don't do this to your kids. I literally got home from school, which is boarding school, by the way. And um, I got home. Mom was home. Yay, hi, what's up? She's like, oh, by the way, we're leaving for the airport tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> you got a big wow out of me. What? What was, what are you going, you, you're leaving the next day? Mm-hmm. I knew I was leaving, but I never knew when. Apparently, I just had to, like, you know, we had, I had to, my visa had, like, the shortest, whatever documentation, my, they gave me the shortest amount of time. So, she came, I, I got home, my bags were packed, yo. Like, jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's another level right there. Yeah, so I, I, I guess I was homesick for a good couple of years, because I never really got to say goodbye to my friends, and it was very difficult. Yeah, now, and now do you still do you still stay in touch with some of your friends down there, or have you now since you've been here so many years got new friends here? How, how does that dynamic work? Right I now? have um, a, a good support system here, but also I I have my day ones with me back home. We still stay in touch. That's that's awesome, and and social media, you know, that's the goodness about social media, Ooh, right? Yeah, child. Yes, social media, emails. <laughs> I was just looking through a bunch of email threads yesterday. As embarrassing as it was with a really good friend of mine. And we're like, what was it that we were typing? <laughs> you know when SM, yeah. like, you know, wow. text messaging language kind of started those shorthand messages? Oh, instant message. I grew up in instant messages. Yeah, so yeah I knew. That's yeah. Ter- very terrible. Absolutely disastrous. <laughs> Yeah, you got to go delete a lot of stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because we, we literally shorthand everything. And I look at it and I'm like, what the heck was I typing? Yeah, so so I, I, have, a, I have so many questions. One thing I wanted to, um, you know, Danny does a talk with, uh, you know, where he goes into schools. Yes. And he... <laughs> Um, speaks with, with kids about many different things mm-hmm. and uh, he talks about them about words that that matter mm-hmm. and you know ultimately sometimes you know they they focus on racism um, and you know how it affects you 
per se, you know, whether it's someone's, you know, telling you something or it's just, you know, kind of society pressure that they, they, they fear you're not able to surpass. And for me, I, I was telling Danny this kind of off air, you know, I never even heard the N word until I got into a suburb in Hilliard yeah. and um, a kid landed on, we were in geography and a, a kid landed on Niger and instead of saying Niger, he said the N word. But that at me at 11, you know, that was the first time that I heard that. And uh, this was like, you know, uh, you know, pro- you know, Dave Chappelle kind of calls them, you know, poor white folk, uh, you know, in Hilliard and uh, in St. Lucia. I had, you know, one of my best friends was white from from England. Uh, and so I wanted to see what your experience has been like from that perspective, um, you know, blatant kind of racism and or maybe if, if, if you have even because you are younger. Full disclaimer, I think there's probably a 10-year difference between each of us. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm 32. Yeah, I believe you're 20-something. Danny's yeah. well well above 40. So, <laughs> and like, you wow. just, no, wow. you're just okay. out here putting people's business. Oh, yo, yo, you it's Monday, You see that? Bro. Yara. You see, you see Yara. You see Yara. See what I have to do with? Like, uh, first really? of all, you put my middle name out there, and then we're putting age out there. I it's did. like, okay, congratulations. She's a I baby. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but oh, I understand you. And it's a very interesting phenomenon because the way you were raised or how you are raised makes it makes a big difference or where you even raised makes a big difference and like you said you never really heard of it until a, a classmate accidentally mispronounced the word niger and he didn't accidentally i'm sorry he, he did it on purpose oh how'd you know that oh no because he said it and looked at me but i didn't respond i responded by just pure like bafflement like okay cool what's the next uh, country, you know, like <laughs> you didn't understand yeah. it. You didn't understand it. Like everyone that. in the class freaked out. You know, well, I mean, really, only one person freaked out. My friend, one of my best friends from Taiwan, he completely just freaked out. Like, what was going, you know, and and that kind of put a pause. But it was only until I went home and talked to my mom and dad, I kind of really grasped like this kid was trying to like get some type of excitement out of me, type, you know. Um, oh, but yeah, all right. But nonetheless, um, the N word as I was telling Danny before, was back in Ghana, you know how Black people take bad things and we have a habit of spinning it and elevating it to work in a favor. So the most, whenever we heard the N-word, it was in movies or it was in music and it seemed cool. So till today, people still use the N-word back home because it's more of a, a like, a, yo, what's up, my, mm, you know, yeah. type situation. Or like, you know, I'm that, mm. Because this is what we hear in popular culture. So the, the context of it never really made sense to me until, ironically, I came to Kent, Ohio. When I was in Vancouver, Washington, I understood, okay, this is something you don't say. And really didn't cuss in my house. Because, you know, mom, yeah, mom is essentially the pastor. But <laughs> um, just understanding what shaped that word from where I'm from, where our biggest issue was like, you know, um, tribal differences. We were more worried about tribal differences and not necessarily racism or the systems of oppression. Absolutely. Because we are living in a post-colonial system. So the remnants of the colonial rule still exist. And the colonial system or colonial rule really did not favor the African. 
So we have those remnants still present in our education systems and in some of our uh, major systems as well, healthcare, like some disparities, they're very obvious. But with regards to race difference, not so much. However, an interesting phenomenon that you come to realize is, is when a person from the West travels back to the continent, most likely people tend to give them preferential treatment to their own because that, again, post-colonial uh, mentality of anything from the West being of better quality, which was a trait of colonial administration, still exists. And that's why people will patronize goods wow. from the West rather than patronize goods from the continent because they believe good, everything coming out of Africa seems to be better quality than things in here. And it's not really their fault when you've been conditioned in that mindset for so long. It takes a lot of work to unlearn those kinds of habits because at some point your forebearers had to do that to survive. You know, so getting wow. the, getting the huge context of colonization, or just even the word, um, the N word in the U.S. Like you see similarities, but there are huge differences over here. It's very obvious and in your face. Like you don't do this, you don't get a pass. Don't ask me for a pass. The only person who probably got a pass was Eminem. Period. <laughs> well, but Yara, it's 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 like your go ahead. Well, no, I I was. I mean, I mean that response. At, you know, I can. It, it shows for me. It shows to me that that word really doesn't. It almost me. It means. Uh, it's almost how you respond to it, and it's going to affect different people. It's going to affect African Americans when it's going to affect Africans. Exactly. Why? You know, it's and it's the same thing with Caribbeans. Like it just, you know, or Haitians, right? Um, so that's and to me, that's what uh, that's what I really kind of got from. Uh, from your response, Danny, I had a question for you because you know you grew up in in the Bronx yeah. in a different era. So I'm wondering about yep. like were people kind of was it like yo what's up my you know was it like that in that era because it, it was already yeah. like that. Okay, okay. So so that's why I I, I can understand Yara's positioning because over there mm -hmm. you heard the N word Yara as you and I talked before. It was a cultural thing from America, and you heard it in our videos. You heard it on that, so like, like it didn't, it didn't, it didn't play the same thing. So for me, when growing up in the Bronx, we the the beginning of hip hop, the eighties. Now that you tell my age, <laughs> yes, I was an eighty. I was I was a t I was a oh, teenager well, in the eighties. We we were the birthplace. We were the birthplace of you know of hip hop. So it was it was all well, you know, us calling us the N word. That was something that we called each other. We didn't we didn't know no better in the sense. I didn't. I didn't get the the full version of the word until I'm in uh, uh, all, all almost all white seminary school college in Florida. So he's a Bronx kid. I'm going to Florida with all there is is you know all I grew up with is blacks and Puerto Ricans. Now I go to to Florida and all I have is basically I can only pick like one or two dark people mm. in the room. You know what I mean? And so then you know I started really realizing with the Confederate flag out there with all this stuff. I started realizing what racism is. And then I started realizing that that word played a difference, you know what I mean? And I think one of the hardest things for me, even when I got married to a Caucasian woman, was to get rid of that from my vocabulary. Because even though I saw it through my college years used as a bad slur for, for people like me, even me, I've been called the N-word, right? And so even though, but it was still a used to my language, you know what I mean? And so I had to, before I had kids, I had to I had to do an adjustment within me and say, you know what? If I don't want nobody to call myself that, because 
you know, of the way they see it, then I can't use it on a daily basis. So I had to eliminate that word from my language just because I didn't want to normalize the word, knowing how, the meaning that I found out that it had when I went to Florida, right? So again, in the hip hop culture, it was a normal thing. It was the thing that, again, even in the hip hop culture, it was a normal thing to even degrade a woman back in those days. You know what I mean? I would never do that now. And I would never, you know, have any, but in, in those days, in the birthplace, we just, it was part of the music, part of the industry, right? And so we would hear music and it would say this. We would hear music and would say that, and we would be okay with that. Now, as you grow older and you understand that words do matter and they have meaning, you don't yeah. use those words. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's very interesting. I think you fast forward to, you know, today. And that's why I love what you're doing, educating people on culture um, with the Powell Project. I recommend everyone uh, tune into that. And we'll share how people could find you at the end. Yeah. Um, but, you know, one thing that we're not talking about that I feel like we have to talk about, is, you know, the, ele- the election being oh. over. <laughs> we have to. You know, we, I, listen, I, I, I want to get Yara's of, of opinion. So, yeah, <laughs> we have to talk about it. Uh, we, got, we got about five more minutes, so let's jump in on it. Uh, and uh, Manny, go ahead. You can start, and then uh, we'll, we'll Well, yeah, I think we're all going to remember this. where we were at when we, you know, knew um, that the election was ended. But I think it's just a beautiful, big moment for uh women in general um and and just especially you know minority women so um that's why i'm you know really really ecstatic to see you know i don't know if you guys watch this Chappelle. um well at least like the stand up in the beginning recommend everyone watch that but Chappelle, Chappelle did it again as far as you know thinking you're gonna he's gonna go one way with things but also just really kind of uh, enlights you and, and makes you laugh. But I think we have to keep the conversation going yeah. and, you know, and, and keep the, the movement going. But, um, you know, I, I can't think of better people to unite the country. So, yeah, Yara, Yaira. Yaira mm-hmm. um, you should, like you, should gotta... you should have, like, a jar for every time you get my name wrong, Manny. No, I will. I'm just going to cash up you. Thank just you. Just a dollar every, like, after... <laughs> <laughs> this is him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not used to, I, yes. let me say this, Yara. He's not used to saying the why, right? So us Spanish, mm-hmm. we used to saying the why, right? So it's, the why was Yanida, mm-hmm. Yaira. You know, we go with it, right? So, Man, he's not used to saying the why, right? That he's used to saying like you know another way. So I'm just gonna, I, I got little, you back, man, yeah, you have bit, to put in the bit, effort. But you have to pay her anyway. Yeah, yeah, you, you bust. Yeah, yeah, you have to put in the effort. Yeah, yeah, Anita Maclo. Wow. Yes, yes, Yaira. Yes, I put a lot there. But so, yeah, <laughs> go back to you about the elections. Me, it is no. a win. It's a big win. Just because, um, and I've been screaming this, sometimes when you don't have clout, people don't hear you. And I, what I keep screaming is, no one can really represent you until they've lived your experience. And so to see a woman who looks like me, whether or not she's half whatever, half whatever, she is a black woman who proudly owns her blackness, being in a position like this is very monumental for the world as a whole, because for the longest time, too many people have, the glass ceiling is real. And there's some of us here breaking, it's actually shattering it to pieces, pieces that people will never be able to put back together. Cause that's the point, nothing. And I want us all to get this in our heads. I don't know about 
other women, but as black women, as African women. It's important to recognize that even in our societies, traditional societies, even though people tend to think Africa is very patriarchal, no, nothing moves without the black woman. The men can try all they want. If the black women don't support it, it will not move. Why do you think when, like, when a lot of uh, black countries, they're having um, their elections, they're campaigning, who do you think they go to? They go to the women. They have the women mobilized. Mm-hmm. Who, do you think is, who do you think is in charge of mm-hmm. making Come everything on. happen? It's the women. Society has painted the portrait of a woman for it to seem like we self-destruct or we are our own enemies, which is so count. Like it's, it's, it's so many levels of wrong because I am so blessed to say that on Team Pal Project, pretty much everyone on the team is a black woman, uh, on a black woman, but one. And even the other one, she's amazing. My developer is a black woman. And the working relationship has been amazing so far. And I know it's just going to get better. And it's shattering that stereotype of women not being able to achieve some things. But this is very monumental because now you're seeing a woman who looks like you in a position like that that has been predominantly filled by men. Politics is not a gender thing. Leadership is not a gender thing. And Trump, Trump did what he did, but I... I would say what Trump did for us is he shattered that stereotype of politics being for like the elite. Um, You have to get a law degree or something before you can go into politics. Trump changed that mindset of America. And what Kamala has done is it's not a game for men or it's not a position for men. And so hats off to her. And I definitely wish this, this, this administration all the luck and, everything because they're going to need it people don't understand that when you're talking about systems it's not a one-month decision because there are already things in place that they're going to have to try to fix and then try to have policies they are going to try to implement and there's going to be opposition here so being working in a system is a very messy situation but her yeah. her being in that yeah. space Big time. is visually putting the woman in the forefront and all the work that we've been putting in that has been brushed under the carpet and under the rug because it's our it's our duty. You understand? The society has gotten so used to the women doing so yeah. it's just our duty we get overlooked. Yeah. But she's like, uh-uh. Y'all need to reconfigure your minds and reconfigure your eyes because you need to see what we've been doing for centuries. And millennia. So this is very Ooh. monumental. Yeah. I love it, man. I, we, you know, Manny and I can't yeah. say anything, but just, yes, yes. You know what I mean? That we couldn't say it any better. I, and I think one of the things that you mentioned, Yara, that I love was that you mentioned uh, both sides. You know what I mean? And I think one of the things that we have to move forward for me, um, on, and everything you both said is yes. I think the only thing I'm going to add to this is, our country needs to heal. We need to love one another. We need to know that we are neighbors. We are friends, family members, churchgoers. You know what I mean? And we can see ourselves through the through the eyes of honor, love, and celebrating one another. And, and if we can get this divisiveness that our country has uh, just been festering in, you know, I think one of the things that, you know, uh, regardless, and Manny and I always say that regardless what party you're in, we don't care. 
Uh, I'm just saying love is love, honor is honor, celebrating one another is celebrating one another. And I'm hoping that we can heal. I'm hoping that uh, this administration could bring us forward into this healing process uh, because we mm -hmm. still got COVID. It's still here, you know what I mean? And we still got a lot of challenges ahead of us. And so the only way that we are victors yeah. in this country if we do things together. And uh, Yaira, I, I couldn't say any better. And that the women are a huge voice and a huge part of the healing and the moving forward of to what we see some exactly. great victories for our children's children. Exactly. Is what I'm looking I, for. I couldn't agree any better. So, Absolutely. I, well said. Um, was there anything... Yaira, that you wanted to to kind of get off your chest um, and share with us. I mean, I'm, I've been taking notes. You know, you oh lord, you've been dropping facts, so you have the time. If there's anything you feel like you you know want to educate us, yeah. let us know. But we appreciate appreciate you being on it. I yeah, think yeah, I think we need to do this a lot more, Danny. I think this is, this has been a great episode. Yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say that Yaira, there's one thing that I'm going to to push is like is for people to understand that this world, as big as it is, it's very small. And it's also very important for people to look outside of themselves. And especially, I'm going to speak for Black people. I'm a Black woman first. I mean, well, I'm human, but then I'm a Black woman. So just the things that matter to my people, the things that scare me, the things that give me nightmares, the things that I'm going to you know, stay up at night about. And for me, our culture is a very big part of that. We have been miseducated about each other for so long and so we really don't know enough about ourselves but to understand the black community globally and in turn understand the global community as a whole we need to first start educating ourselves about each other and um, when we talk about cultural immersion or cultural education a lot of the time people think oh i have to go to a country to do that but COVID has taught us otherwise it's taught us that you can be in your home and still have access to some information. You just had to, we just had to find creative ways to do it. So all I'm saying right now is uh, to people listening, take a, take a moment out of your day and just Google, Google communities. You've never, you've never thought of researching before and try to start understanding the why of other people, because it's only then that you can really empathize with people experiences and their differences because you come to find out we're literally two sides of the same coin and um part of the power project what we're going to try to do or what we are doing and it's upcoming is we're going to be creating a visual cultural immersion program for high school kids so just be on standby for that but we want to shatter that stereotype of cultural education for having to break the bank because it really doesn't have to be that way and the more we open up our children's minds to the world around them, the more they become aware of their decisions and how they affect the global community. We'll be birthing and raising children who are more empathetic than we are or our parents were. And that's what we need to aspire, like aspire for. Essentially, we want to create for them the world that we would have wanted to have. Mm. Absolutely right, man. You said something there, Yara, that made me think of a picture that I saw, which is one person on each side, and one was looking at a six, and they was yelling six, and the other one was yelling nine, but they were looking at it from two different angles. <laughs> but it was the same number on the floor, you know. And I think yeah, educating mm -hmm. that and teaching and understanding that we all won, 
um, it's so important. It's so important. And we have to be the one to educate. And we have to be the one, like you said, to do the research and be educated ourselves. And then once you're educated, please be a voice. You know what I mean? We need people to be voices. We need people to know what they're talking about and to be able to share their experiences with one another um, because that's how we all learn from each other. And so um, I think Manny was alluding to this, Yara, <laughs> but I think we need your voice on this podcast. And as many times as you want to be on this podcast, <laughs> you may just make your third member oh, of it. So oh, you got to oh, be I careful. Charm, I charm and, you and, watch out, and watch out. And watch out. Listen, it's that fast, man. Listen, it's just great. It's just great to have uh, a powerful woman like you on and have a female perspective because, you know, Manny and I, Though we do have two different <laughs> perspectives, I'm the old man, like you're the you old hip says. man. Yes, and he's the young y'all guy. need someone for checks and balance. Okay, I got I'm you. Again, good, nothing moves good. without the woman. See, you just validate that. There you go. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> so we made it right. All thank right, you. Man. You're welcome, Listen, Yara. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I know there's much more, many more topics that we have to talk about. Um, um, Manny, November 18th, we're doing a really, um, we're doing a virtual event with a, a Blorde Ashigbi, who is also um, from African descent. And he has a, a, a startup that has raised um, a few million from, um, I think, over eight invest, you know, investors, and as well as Google. So it's a free virtual event. You could all... Uh, um, RSVP on Collaborate and Elevate on uh, November 18th. So uh, that's that's the only thing that I uh, really recommend. Oh, right now. oh. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to do some shameless self-promotion right here. Yeah, uh, why ahead, not? Yes, yeah, so we are... <clears throat> go ahead. We need it. For this. Yeah. <laughs> so we are actually going to be having the finale of our Folktale Tell-Off on the 21st of November at 10 a.m. time. We have five amazing teenagers continents are going to be competing for a chance to win believe it or not a thousand dollars just for sharing their culture yeah yes wow. so wow so how, how can we get a hold of that how can we what, if where, you go to site, our, um, where, our where social media pages facebook at the pal uh, pal project one p-a-l-p-r-o-j-e-c-t one or our instagram page the underscore p dot a dot l underscore project or just um, you can literally go on palproject.africa, which is our website. There'll be information there for you to register. It's free to attend. It's free to attend. And we have some amazing speakers there as well who will be um, blessing us and some, some live storytelling from uh, someone in Nigeria. So we are planning this is going to be packed. You can't miss it. Plus, the, if your kids encourage the, the kids to, to show up because they can actually win something just for showing up. Yep. All virtual. That. And that's Just, all, all. You don't all need to leave and go I'm, anywhere. I'm, I'm, Everything I'm, is virtual. All right, good. Love it. Love it. Well, we're gonna yes. get we're gonna get a hold of that. Manny, Yara, we talk thank soon. Thank you. Thank and, you for uh, having thank me. Thank you for Have being a, a part. Great show today. <laughs> you all take care. Thank you. You too. All right, Bye. you too. Bye. Manny. Be safe. You just listen to this bigger and business podcast from Collaborate and Elevate Plus the Wave. For more information, go to itsbiggerthanbusiness.com.